Hi, everyone, and welcome to Not Your Father's Sports Pod, and I am Tony. Episode one. I am here live with Aaron. How's it going? Producer Matt. Hey. And Stepman Sean. Hello. Welcome to episode one. We're just going to first be talking about Kobe Bryant and the impact and that he had on everybody's lives and including on and off the court and what he meant to everybody. That is just, that is still, it still hasn't sunk with me yet that he uh, passed away that way, especially how he passed away and with his kid and stuff. It's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. I mean, that's a guy who flew around in helicopters all day anyways, you know, I mean, anytime he went anywhere, he was flying in helicopters. And I don't know. This is wild. Any Sad. any kind of tribute video that I see, whether it's like on social media, it it triggers where I might just start tearing up. You see the Shaq one? The Shaq one made me very sad because he hasn't talked to him since I was what was it, twenty sixteen? Yeah, I think no, that's what he, it was. yeah, he hasn't talked to him since his game, his last yeah. game. Yeah, which that was just a huge eye opener, and it just shows that you have to be thankful for everybody and show that. Like, say, I love you, because you never know when it's going to be your last day or your last breath. It's crazy, because, I mean, everyone, obviously, you think, because Shaq's such a big star, too. I mean, you think right away, like, hmm, I wonder how Shaq's doing. And he hasn't even talked to him in, what, three years? Three and a half years? So, so, what, so, so Aaron, crazy. what did what did Kobe Bryant mean to you? Like, when, when you're growing up, what so, did Kobe mean to you? So, growing up, me and the producer, <laughs> I mean, we actually literally almost got into fights because I was the biggest LeBron fan and he was the biggest Kobe fan. Multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> but the older I got, the more I started to realize, like, he's always been, it was, it was him and LeBron, and I was, I was on LeBron's side, but it was always them two because LeBron was my favorite and one of the best, and Kobe was the other best, and that was his favorite. The older I got, the more I kind of realized that Kobe's, you appreciated Kobe Bryant yeah. for what he was. Well, not obviously he's a great basketball player, but his mentality and how he went about things was the best part for me. I mean, the mama mentality, everyone talks about it and stuff, but you really look into it and you see like the type of work that he put in and his determination is just like, it's, it's motivational more than anything. Like I'm a big motivational guy and he is crazy. I just started coaching basketball this year. Our team sucks. And has sucked. <laughs> and what sucks the most about him is their mentality. And I was like, I'm looking stuff up. And Kobe Bryant was like number one. Like everything I looked up always ended up coming to Kobe because of how he thought about things. That I mean, that's that's the most, that's what I try putting in my kids the most is how he thought. I mean, even if they can get a little bit like how he thought. I mean, we win however many more games and just they become better people. He was just a good person because of it. You know what I'm saying? It's just. Do you, do you have anything you want to add, producer? What did Kobe mean to you? I mean, Kobe, his mentality was almost bigger than his skill on the court. Just what he brought to I mean, I, I would say it was. I mean, it's kind of like Tom Brady. They just mentally willed themselves. Because, like, LeBron, he's not, he's a lot more talented than, than Kobe, just naturally. He's just gifted. Yeah. Just gifted. Like, if you build a basketball player in the lab, you're building LeBron. LeBron, Kevin Durant. You know, yeah. Giannis, when yeah. he's thicker. Yeah, but Kobe, creep. I mean, he just willed himself. And another thing, I was watching an interview. Okay, this is just a prime example of Kobe and, and why we're going to miss him so much. I was watching an interview after he, not after he tore his Achilles, but he was talking about it. About how he's obviously sad, pissed off. I mean, he's, how old was he when he tore it? 35, 36? It was sort of the end of his career. I mean, it was it was near the end. He was talking about how he's pissed, whatever. 
and I, and before that, he shot. He shoots those free throws. Is that is that a child? I I, I think it's a baby. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the baby's at. But <laughs> I have a child. <laughs> There's a child in here. But no, he's uh he knocks down those free throws, which is which is awesome enough in itself. Legendary. Yeah, legendary. But then um, now I'm watching this interview and he's talking, and he's like, I, I was pissed off. I was sad. I went home. I had to make sure that my girls were okay. They they seen that. I was hurt, you know, I had to tell him everything's going to be fine. I was kind of sitting there and I was thinking to myself, you know, what do I want this to be? You know, what, what do I do from here? Obviously, I'm pissed off because this happened to me and I'm I'm trying to make a playoff push and whatnot. That's what he's worried about because he couldn't help his team. He's like, I was so pissed. And then I thought to myself, I have one option and that is to get better because this is not how I'm going to let myself go out. I'm going out on my own terms, not my not my Achilles. And then. It killed me because I, I listened to it right after uh, the pass. When I'm 70 or 80 years old, I want to look back and think, hmm, I wonder if I could have got back to the old me or whatever. And I think that's like, damn, Kobe. <laughs> like, you're not going to be 70 or 80, unfortunately. But it's just that mentality. Like, Even though the events of his passing was so tragic and so like eye-opening, I, I think it gives everybody a bit more appreciation Live a positive mindset because you just go out living like it's. I don't know if this is true or not. Stat guy might be able to confirm this, but um, I heard that he they found him with holding his daughter in his arms. I I did hear that. I don't know. I don't know how and true that is. That but just, that's just so that goes like so. After he retired, he went from being all about basketball to just all about being about his kids family, and his family. Man. Yeah, he put he put his whole oh, family first. Like, did you hear about him, how he would go work? I mean, during home games, during the final season, he would he would go work out, then come back home, fly from with his helicopter, fly home, bring his kids to school in the carpool, then go back home, fly back to the Mamba Academy, and then end up working out, then fly back, and then end up going to pick up his kids again. And his wife said, well, I can pick him up. And he goes, well, I don't want to miss a thing. I've already missed so many years of this. That's crazy. And the, and the another part about that is after after he retired from basketball, he moved on like wholeheartedly to like helping his daughter, Gigi, who passed as well, you know, with her basketball career and helping his, his family with all that stuff. But yeah, he, he does anyone here think that he needed like more money? No, he just what, was doing what, it for his for his daughter. He was doing it. He, he was doing it. To, he wasn't just doing it for his daughter. He was doing it for all the like youth. He was pushing for women to get more recognized in sports. Because well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't just about all like the generation. It's about making the WNBA good. It, it's about like influencing the younger generation. And he was too. I mean, they were they were going to as many WNBA games as there were NBA games. Just. Even if you can't relate to him being a basketball player, like anyone can relate to him when his daughter in the copter just not being able to do anything. I don't even know. You don't know what kind of, like, I don't even know, because I have a daughter, I don't know how I would personally, like, react. I feel like I would try to protect her as much as I can. Yeah. But you don't know what he's going through in his head during that time where he knows he cannot protect her. So and that's heart wrenching. So I I saw a thing because I've been looking into it a lot, trying to just figure out what happened. That they were low, but they couldn't tell because of the fog. And at the last second, they were speeding up. I don't know if it was to try to get height or, or if they were speeding up. I don't know why they were speeding up. I did see a thing that said that 
they didn't really see it coming. I mean, it happened pretty. That guy was an experienced pilot in that area. I mean, he, they said he never well, made mistakes, and I heard that he just. I don't know if he thought he was past the mountains. I heard that when um, with the helicopter that uh, the pilot was actually circling around in Los Angeles. Um, oh, around. Uh, yeah, around. he was circling around in circles like three or four times trying to signal for help that there was something wrong with the engine. Really? So what I'm seeing here so far is that uh, the helicopter was missing the black box, which would have been the entire brain to the helicopter. It would have told everybody what was going on. It would have told the pilot what was going on so he could... Oh, so the diagnostics of what right. the problem. Was it right. Kobe's Was it Kobe's helicopter? Do we know? Or was it... It was, was it Kobe's, Kobe's private helicopter. Oh, yep. was it? Yep. How did this, that happen? This this pilot that he had has over 1,800 hours of flight experience. Yeah. On, and he was a flight, flight instructor. instructor yeah. He had, just the day before the crash, had made the exact same flight path from that airport. Wow. I, I think the thing that kind of pissed me off, though, the most, like, so I woke up from a nap and saw the TMZ report, but that's the only report for, like, an hour. So, yeah. you know, his family, and then they said Rick Fox died, so his family and Rick Fox's family were all, like, must have been pissed well, off about this. So there was n- different news stations that were saying, like, one of them said Kobe was gone, which, that was TMZ, and then... Um, another one said Kobe and all four kids, and then Kobe and all uh, and three out of four kids and Rick Fox. And yeah, and then there's five people. Nothing were dead. was, and it was weird because everybody kept waiting for NBA to comment on it or ESPN or Bleacher Report. Yeah, just, and nothing popped up. Right, and it, the initial report, the only thing we really got was that Kobe the Bryant only, was the killed. only thing we knew was that Kobe Bryant died. And we knew that Vanessa Bryant wasn't on the helicopter, and, and that was the only. Originally, thing there was five people. Yeah, that's, and I don't that know was how a, you forget four other people on they probably this helicopter. Find them because they crashed on the side of a mountain. Honestly, this was the first time a celebrity died where I was like, "That's not true." Yeah, like, normally, because, normally you hear it and you said, but this time I was well, like, "It's got to be." A I remember He's texting invincible. you and you go, "I, I don't believe it." Yeah, because because it got leaked by the like TMZ, and then no one else was talking about it for a little bit, and like. When's the last time? Like, name another celebrity this big that like that died. It's just in the middle of nothing. Like, I mean. I was talking Elvis, but even Elvis didn't he have someone? Prince was, maybe, but Prince was an overdose. There's exactly, that's what I'm saying. It was different. like it was different because it's like he, El- he was just doing everything normal. You know, Paul Walker came to mind because I mean he was just driving real fast and died. But even then, he's not as big of a star. Yeah, as Kobe not was. to compare deaths, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Let's stop talking both about, influential. Let's stop talking about deaths though, and go into the go into the game. Sean, what do you got? Uh, what do you got for us? So for our next segment here, we're gonna play a game called. What the bleep is going on? <laughs> so basically what's going to happen, Aaron and Tony, I'm going to give you guys a subject, and you're just going to tell me what the bleep is going on. And our our opinions or like facts? Cause, your opinion. Okay, because we're not the opinion. stat guys. Both. <laughs> both. Okay. A little both. If you guys mix in some facts, I'll be putting in pressure on it. Okay. okay, no problem. So first, first topic. Antonio Brown. Oh, Jesus. You <laughs> want to go first? Anything about what the bleep is going on with Antonio Brown? I, I think he has a worse CTE case than Aaron Hernandez, and you can book it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about he, that one. He's missing a few light bulbs. My only thing is, what the hell was he wearing to the court? They, he shows up with, with a track suit and a regular suit on top of it. What are those? But No, did you guys see that article? About him, I forgot who who was talking about it, but they said that they think that Vontez Burfecht hit had a huge role in that. Like they think that the hit 
turned him pretty much psycho because he said from that point on, people were like, or he was thinking that people were out to get him and whatnot, and he kind of just changed who he was. They said he was all smiles and stuff before that. Have you ever watched that hit, like, back on YouTube? That looks like it could do some damage. I mean, that, I I, I don't know what's going on with him, but that hit looks like it very well could have messed him up in a way or, or another. Hopefully... He gets the help he needs because he is one heck of a football player. But there's the I suit mean, right there. Stat guy pulled up the suit. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Language, language please. What the bleep? Uh, we got our next topic for what the bleep is going on. Derek Jeter not being a unanimous Hall of Fame vote. Um, he he shouldn't have been voted a hundred percent because he wasn't the greatest shortstop of all time. And I'm a Yankee. No, no, I'm I'm being a hundred percent honest. He he was. So I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. The number one shortstop on his team at one point, because Alex Rodriguez was a better shortstop. Real wow. controversial. That, is that not? Is that a hot take from a Yankees fan? No. Is that, that, that is? That's, that's statistic. That's wow. stats. If you look it up, Derek Jeter was being too selfish and didn't want to move to the hot corner of second base. Okay. Yeah, no, I think he should have been. I, th- I think he should have got every single ball. My hot take on that. You know, Ken I don't Griffey, know who, who got him. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. never got 100%, right? I did not know that, but. He didn't. Who got who got votes over there's, him? There's only there's hey, two only wrongs one don't player, make it right. There's only one player at all time that has gotten a hundred percent. That's Mariano Rivera. Yeah. The problem is, is they said a while back that no one is going to be unanimous. Now they have to live up to the standards that they've set. Wow. And and the fact that every player going in is a first ballot Hall of Famer, which that it isn't true. All right. So next, what the bleep is going on with the Astros and Red Sox cheating scandal? <laughs> It makes me want to beat up some trash cans, if you ask me. But why don't you uh, <laughs> elaborate? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into it because it's, it's stupid that they were able to, like, pick up on pitches or pitch sequences from pitchers. So. Yeah, so what exactly happened with that? So like, pretty much they had a camera or a video room where someone would let them know about what over, pitch is going to be thrown over the center field wall? So yeah, they over, could see straight into home plate. So, wow. so they would. So, if it was a breaking ball, you would hear him bash on a trash can. Or um, during the 2019 season, they had a whistle going on. So, if it was a breaking ball, you would hear bang, bang. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt here or anything, but how are you getting away with banging on a trash can in the middle of the game? Honestly, if I'm in the other dugout, I'm thinking, what the bleep is going on over there? Well, <laughs> I got I got to say, I mean, if you're if you're playing in front of all those fans, I'm sure that's well, probably the least of your concerns is if a trash can. Yeah, but if you're, you're a lot of if you're shit. playing the Baltimore Orioles, their last place and out by 100 games or whatever they were. Yeah, you, but, you look, there's not a single fan in there except true. for some of the that's true. ticket but holders. If you're, if you're in the opposing dugout and you're hearing them bang on or a you hear a whistle, yeah. or a whistle, you're thinking, you're thinking what possible reason other than a pitch do they have to be banging on that trash can? Especially that they're losing to them um, 27 to right. 4. Like that's well, <laughs> it's that's just, not even right. It's just a matter of the Astros being. Can up we check that twenty-seven to four? I, I yes, can't confirm man. that was a correct. All right. Well, oh. what's the uh, what's the next topic we have? Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. The series. If anyone's seen it, have you seen that yet? Uh, I've gotten through two episodes. Dude, I watched that right when it came out. Like I watched the first episode one night, and then the next. What, what is it? Three or four? There, there's three episodes. I watched the next two the next night. That's that's a weird. 
It's kind of weird if you ask me that. That whole Dashi series. I believe a good amount of it's <clears throat> true, but some of it I feel like is kind of like Hollywood scripted. Yeah. Well, because uh, what was it? His uh, his lover, who is also the cornerback. Right. He doesn't name? look Did like he's name? ever hit the weight room. Yeah, no. He doesn't at all. You know what makes me mad about this whole thing is the whole docuseries, besides like the last 30 minutes of it, when they start actually talking about CTE and then what influence that could have on you, was pretty much all rumors. I mean, it, it was all just gossip at this point. I mean, or or it was just saying, allegedly, yeah. he changed because his dad died. He allegedly changed. He was supposed to go to UConn to play football instead of going to Florida. It's quite possible. He's like, why would I go to UConn when I can go to Florida? That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why not go play with Riley Cooper, the Pouncey brothers, Percy Harvin? I and, can tell you uh, right now why you don't want to play with Riley Cooper. The guy, the racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's a murderer. And then, well, and then he, was, uh, he was getting passes thrown to him by uh, our pastor. savior. Uh, the pastor. Of the group. Tip no Tiba. religion on this podcast, please. <laughs> oh, oh, my apologies. You remember um, that in football, pastor was called quarterback. They said, I, I believe they said in the docuseries <laughs> that he, um, he had the worst case of CTE they had ever seen. Ever. I don't know if that would influence him killing people necessarily but like that's kind of this seems kind of harsh i mean you got to think everyone has played football you know everyone who has played football i mean i played football since i was five so i don't know how how long he played but it, it was probably somewhat similar i i i can confirm i've played at least 20 seasons in madden <laughs> so i mean my players are a little bit affected by it but we but don't I need mean, to go into that how many how many hundreds of thousands of people have played in the nfl I mean, obviously, we're getting reports coming out of people having CTE, but never to this extent. You know, like I believe that CTE had something to do with it. I don't think that. Well, they didn't start testing for CTE until recently either. And well, that's and true. That's because but how many, how many OJ OG OJ was a murderer, that's right. allegedly. And that, I mean, that, I could be the, that could be oh, the same. That's with, true. That could be the same thing with Aaron Hernandez. Because I mean, after his dad died, he was in gangs. I mean, he's just. He got away with anything because he was a star tight end. Well, what, and what I'm saying is, I, I think it had something to do with it. I don't think that yeah. he killed people or changed because of CTE. I think there's a lot more. No, there, there's a lot of messed up stuff there. On Twitter, you see, oh, he killed people <laughs> because of CTE, or you can't blame it on the CTE. I mean, it could be a little bit of both. Yeah, no, like, people... I think, it, I think it's a good mixture. CTE had a factor in it, but it doesn't make it right for him to kill three people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Right. We so we know that. we know CTE includes memory loss, confusion, impaired judgment, impulse control problems. Those kind of things go into your decision making, obviously. So could you guys maybe elaborate a little bit on what a strong role model might have done to help him? Like maybe if he had an actual strong coach that cared about How him. How old was person. he when his dad died? Uh, I want to say he was in high school, 15, he, he like, or yeah, 14, like 15. 14, 15. That, yeah, I mean, that probably so, messed him up so, so if he had a strong coach or even if his dad never did leave or like he had a good uncle, something like that, that could have went a long way. But we don't know what his dad really did to keep him in line for all those years. Well, like here, here's my thing is like the person who he was closest to next to his, his family, his, his, his wife or girlfriend and daughter was his aunt or cousin, right? His cousin. Who... Who yeah. let him hide as her his murder vehicle? I mean, she was in on all of this, so obviously he was getting Allegedly. away with stuff. Yeah, Allegedly, you, you, you can't you can't just so, assume. We, so she was closed. in on all of it, and that's the closest person. I'm assuming right. that he kind of at that point did what right. he wanted to do, so, 
and just kind of rode with the people who wanted to, you know, help him out. Pretty so much. Aaron Hernandez was 16 when his dad died. So yeah. imagine being a 16 year old, you know, what, what type of impact could a strong father figure have had on a guy like that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, he probably, especially, especially he probably would have still went to UConn. Exactly. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have gotten drafted, and he probably would have been a car salesman or an accountant somewhere in in Boston. Part of me thinks if he doesn't go to the Patriots, right by his hometown, yeah, it I turns out different. But he found trouble in Florida too. Yeah, but that team also had like thirty one arrests. That team was the the, I, the worst convict team of all time, next to the best. We won't say because we don't talk about religion at quarterback leading the team. That was just. Right. That was crazy. They need to do a thirty for thirty for thirty could, now. Could you could you imagine Urban if uh, Aaron Hernandez went to like Green Bay or something? I doubt he wouldn't have done anything because what is he going to do? Murder cheese allegedly? Yeah, there, there's not much to do there except for cows. You know, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been a family figure to him. No, no, but no. He, he, he had brother, allegedly. I don't know. He had Tom Brady at quarterback and Belichick as his head coach. So I mean, he had guys that at least. They run a uh, organization that's it might not be the the cleanest organization because of some of the cheating that they do, but it's a it's, oh, it's ran. You are fake <laughs> news. That that is that is that. That's but hot, that's a hot take for a later. But it is ran in a certain way where it's like it's very structural, and what he was doing was totally well, not the, the Patriots organization outside the norm. on paper. On paper, the Patriots organization made the most sense that they could fix Aaron Hernandez. It was only, yeah, like the only, ma- like only the, a two or three hour drive back home. <laughs> could you imagine if uh if the Vegas Ra- uh, Raiders were actually around when he got drafted and he went to Vegas? Now that would have been bad. Honestly, that would have. I feel like that would have been worse than him being in New England. Well, it's like you see the one the one murder allegedly that he that he had. The guy spills the drink on him and he kills him. He drives next to him and shoots him. So well, that, what, was, that was two people. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So what's going to, so, I mean, he's going to find, he's going to, I mean, you can do that in Green Bay. I mean, I think yeah, he's finding trouble regardless, just based off of what that whole docuseries said. And also, I think it was kind of weird in that docuseries that they talked about how him and his quarterback were so gay for each other. That I guy, think that was that all guy goofy. seemed like a phony. Yeah, yeah, a definitely. big fat phony. I think it was weird, too, that his dad was sitting next to him the whole time chiming in. Like, what the hell does his dad have to do with any of it? All right, boys, big game this weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking a little preview here. I want everyone to give me at least one X Factor. Um, I would say my X Factor would uh, be the Kansas City wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, um, with Tyreek Hill being probably double covered throughout most of the game. I expect him to get some get some catches, some yards. Pro- not like his first game of the season, but he'll he'll at least end with like 80 80 uh, receiving yards. Mahomes is going to do his thing. You don't even have to really question that. Um, Tyreek Hill is going to do his thing. You really don't have to question that. I think I think the D-line of the Chiefs, if they can get pressure on the quarterback and, and kind of contain the run, and really I guess we can see what Jimmy G is all about in the spotlight. I mean, last week he threw the ball eight times. There was no – I mean, that it was just very easy for, for them to operate around the football. If I'm the Chiefs and Spagnola, the coordinator, I'm stacking the box and telling Jimmy G what yeah. you got. I mean, that, yeah, that's a, that's the biggest key to me. I mean, if if they can get pressure on them, or if they can even shut down the run, just because the I think the Chiefs are going to put up points regardless of of what happens. They always do put up points. They're explosive. Um, but the Forty ers I guess we're going to see what Jimmy G has if if they take away the run, and that's going to be the biggest the biggest key to the game for me for the Chiefs. So my hot take here in this game is going to be 
uh, the Kansas City offensive line. If they can hold past that uh, Bosa, D. Ford, Eric Armstead, they can hold past all of those okay. guys. Buckner, don't forget about Buckner. If they can keep those guys at bay and keep Patrick Mahomes on his feet, it's going to be an over-and-out game. Yeah, I would agree with that. What's everyone's view on uh, Tyreek Hill? Does it, does it make you uncomfortable has, knowing that he is out there, he's in the spotlight right now, even though with his uh, track record, everybody's kind of like his batting of eye? Yeah. Off the field. Yeah, his off the field issues. I, yeah. Personally, they've dealt with it. they figured out what they need to know. They've, they've kind of, you know, brushed it to the side. This organization. I have a problem with what has happened, but I think that they've dealt with it. So I, I, as far as I'm concerned... He's in the clear and not in the clear with what he did off the field, but as far as you know, he did his punishment. He's back on the field. You know, I kind of, I guess I kind of leave that in the past for now. He's just here to play football. I'm, I'm excited to see. Just a little context here. He was in trouble just as recently as last summer for uh, leaving a voicemail to his girlfriend that essentially said, "You should be afraid of me, bitch." What? What? Didn't he get suspended? A couple games, four games for that? No, he's he got he's nothing. Never, so. So, so the, in my the eyes, came out and said that no crime was committed. So in my eyes, how how is he still playing? And Ray Rice has just been abandoned. Or like I, mean, I, I know Ray Rice is. You can see it on video. Yeah, the video is everything. But yeah, Tyree Kill. I mean, there's been evidence from him back in college. His, didn't he break his child's arm? Or isn't that alleged? Allegedly. So he pretty much just. He hasn't been proved with anything. Uh, uh, basically, he's, uh, he's in an, an what? abusive household, allegedly. What ended up happening is no one could prove who broke the kid's arm. I mean, he can the say whatever had, he the wants. The kid had a broken life. arm, but they couldn't prove who broke his arm. And he can say, you should be afraid of me, bitch. And it's and not he, It's not a crime to say what a, you want to say, left a allegedly. Threat. Jimmy Smith from the Ravens, like 2014, I, I don't know the year exactly, he got suspended four games for emotional abuse. So a lot of people thought with that precedent he would get suspended. Yeah, I'm surprised that he didn't get suspended or any time. I thought that he got some. He didn't get anything, or were they talking about it? Maybe. Mm. No, I'm in surprised the, in he didn't the 2018 get any time. season. Jimmy Smith got suspended for four games for emotional abuse. I, I'm surprised he didn't get any time, but I mean, that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, if if they figure everything out, then if I look into it, I mean, what's he supposed to do at this point? I mean, he's just got to keep playing, and they, the Chiefs, I mean. <laughs> they just got to keep playing if he if he never we, got in trouble for it. But you know? the NFL and the commissioner have a nice track record of botching situations. True. Like uh, we could go as back as far as uh, Tom Brady getting four games suspended, and then Ray Rice for um, hitting his significant other only got two games. I think deflating a football is not now okay. That is a that's a topic for another time. <laughs> You know, maybe that's a topic because they saw a somewhat of a history of of Brady or the Patriots breaking rules, and they might. I think they came down a little hard on that. I think you're right on that, and I think that Ray Rice could have got more time. He only got two games. Oh, yeah. The first take it was two games. What happened was they found about it from TMZ, of course, because TMZ knows Jeez. everything. TMZ knows. They, they found out about it. TMZ. Uh, Ruins everything. Yeah, Goodell gave him two games, and then the video came out. There's a ton of public backlash, and so he said, "You're suspended indefinitely." He pretty much got forced into that because of what the public saw. Really, I mean, well, Goodell but that was bad. Goodell was... should have investigated more, but everybody wanted a public or wanted something to be done immediately when he should have tried to research it as quickly as possible instead of just jumping so the gun. What ended up happening is so Goodell came down. And gave him the big bad punishment of two games. 
and <laughs> received so much backlash, he ended up coming back, really locked down on Ray Rice and gave him an indefinite suspension. Uh, is the, he still is he still suspended technically? No. So what happened is the NFL Players league. Union got a bunch of lawyers together and teamed up <clears> with Ray Rice, and they appealed the suspension, and he got it taken away. So it went back down to four games. But he was already cut by the Ravens, so he still hasn't technically served his suspension, and he has never so been fired by a team again. He so, just got let go. The, the NFL, the owners, pretty much just said, "Okay, so the, we're done with the that." Raven, the Ravens of, caught news of what happened, and they cut him. So, so he's yeah. so he's practically in a spot, kind of like Antonio so, Brown, right. so, where he will probably never play Ray another Rice, down. Ray of Rice will probably never play again, and if he wants to play again, he still has to serve that. What year? Suspension. What year was? What, what year did he do that? Fourteen. Uh, well, 15? Sean looks that up. The reason Ray Rice isn't in the league anymore is because he was getting older and wasn't productive uh, yeah. anymore. I mean, Running backs. How many, how many years he, was he in the NFL? When not much. I thought he was just hitting his prime. No, he. I think he was kind of plateaued. Ran, he's been yeah. out for however long, and, I, and like he's, you said, running back. It's a decade since he's been out. Is it? I want it because uh, Deflategate well, was what five years. Look that up. Yeah, he basically had a really good year, had a down year that happened, and I mean there was shot on the tires. People didn't want to take the chance. Yeah, well, well the way I kind of looked at it is. After all that stuff had happened and came out and everyone kind of, I mean, he was, I don't want to say he was on a, on a decline yet, but he was, like you said, he had a bad year. And then with all that stuff coming out, it's like, why take that chance? You know, that's, that, that could mess with your fan base and whatnot. So I, I think it's more to do with the fact that he wasn't necessarily the same player that he, or maybe he was on his way down from being the same player that he was on top of that. You know what I mean? If he had rushed for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, he would have still been in the league. Yeah, I agree with that. What year was that? So Ray Rice was suspended in 2014 after playing six seasons all with the Ravens. Basically 10 years, Tony. <laughs> so like Basically that. on the body, yeah, 10 for, years. But yeah, now, I mean, he's... For, he's for, a back, for a back that with the style of running that Ray Rice had, you know, six seasons is a lifetime in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, now he there's no chance of him playing. He's, how old is he now? Like 30, 35, 36? There's no way he would come back. Not that old? No, I don't think he's that old. 33? 33. He might be able to sign with the XFL if he really wanted to. Yeah. To go back to the Tyree Kill thing, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, the moral compass, but just for me, like, I didn't pick him up in fantasy. I had a keeper between him and Odell Beckham Jr. And I, just, I wanted no part of rooting for him. And that's not me trying to be the, you know, good guy. It's just I felt more comfortable rooting for OBJ. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be in the league because that's not my business. So I never, I, I never really got too deep into what had all happened. I mean, you obviously see what you see on the news, but I never really dove into it much more than what what it was. So that's kind of where my and, take comes from. And that's why we have that man to <laughs> help us out with this to give us a little bit of light on these situations when we uh, are just kind of saying our own opinion. Yeah, we want to talk about the Chiefs' offense versus the Niners' defense. Who you got? Chiefs' offense. I like I like Nick Bosa and that Niners defense. Until until it's like proven to me that they can't put up thirty five. Pretty much when I mean they were down. What were they down? Twenty eight to nothing. Twenty one to nothing. <laughs> they can score at will. Is what I'm saying. They they score. Those receivers are too fast for Richard Sherman and and company in the in the back in the defensive backfield. Ah, uh, I mean I think Richard Sherman's what he tore his Achilles right. Yeah. I, I feel like his Achilles is 100% or at least close to 100%, and he's going to be staying with these receivers in lockdown. He's <laughs> he's he's the number one res, uh, corner in the game, so okay, he, that's he'll, have, he'll have probably more receiving yards. Number one corner in the game. I, I disagree with that. Can but. I ask uh, 
What's his name? Dude from New England. Uh, oh, Stefan Gilmore. Gilmore died or what happened? Eh, okay, that's, that's uh, my, my bad on that. Sherman's the number one corner in the, the NFC. He, everyone saw what uh, Darrell Rivas was saying. You saw that, right? Those tweets back and forth? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. It, it just looked like a little slap fight between corners. I'm with Rivas, though, on that. Like, he doesn't move around. The, he's his own corner. Doesn't play man. If you don't play man, if you can't lock well, down he, a mano y mano, I saw Devonta Adams go flying past Sherman, which is no, he's no slouch, but Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, they got so many, Travis Kelsey, like, they, they're all going to have to defend. I mean, they're going to really, really have the to Sherman, defend. Uh, Sherman, I mean, I feel like it'd be a whole different thing if Sherman actually went after the number one receiver and was on him the whole game, but yeah, just because kind of like what you said, he, he can be on the number one receiver, and then the next play, he's on the number three or four receiver. On the I'm team. saying, so, just speaking on that Chiefs offense real quick, Look at both of their playoff games so far. They've been down by significant points in both games. Chiefs Texans game, and at the start of the second quarter, they were down twenty-four to zero, and they reeled off twenty-eight points in that second quarter. Wasn't a twenty-eight unanswered? They were yeah. twenty-eight unanswered in the second quarter. They went yeah. into half lead. Forty-one unanswered, I believe. Forty-one that, unanswered. They, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, I know it's no defense like they're about to play, but they score. <laughs> they score the ball. They get down the field really, really easy. I'm going to go out on a limb and I say we become a uh, Patrick Mahomes podcast, uh, supporting him. <laughs> I, he, have you? When's the last time you've seen a quarterback execute a no-look pass? A no-look pass. It's, this isn't basketball where you're five feet away from a guy and you just kind of like My, toss it in his direction and it can bounce on the floor. I mean, he right. threw it down the field. Right. No look. My man quarterback can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's made him, up yeah, probably 99. That's what I'm saying. Mahomes yeah, is 99. He, He's been groomed into a well-groomed quarterback. I think Travis Kelsey is is going to be a big factor too. So here's some here's some food for thought on that Chiefs offense real quick. Since Mahomes took over the helm, the Chiefs have been more likely to convert a third or fourth and eighteen plus than the rest of the league has been to complete a third and five or a fourth and five. What the bleep? What the bleep is going on here? Yeah. So basically, if the the Chiefs get backed up, they're down. They're at third and eighteen or fourth and eighteen. Mahomes uh, is a, chucking that thing. on a game-winning drive. If you send, you know, Miko Hardman, uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey up the field, I like, Sammy I like Rocky, their chance. Yeah. I like their chances to convert that play. Thank you for pronouncing Miko Hardman correctly. No, I just, I mean, he he can throw his arm angles. He can throw the football in so many different arm angles. He he moves he moves outside the pocket. He throws so good on the run, and his arm his arm strength is. The best in the NFL right now. Like he, I, what can he do? I wonder. I wonder how good the Detroit Tigers would be if uh, they would have actually kept Patrick Mahomes on their uh, <laughs> baseball team because maybe they'd win a World Series or something. Who knows? It's just so just the, the, just this season on third and eighteen or more this season, the Chiefs quarterback has completed ten of eleven passes for almost twenty-one yards per attempt. He has five first down, three touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating of one fifty-eight point three. What do you have to say about this? It's just steroids. <laughs> Easy. That's an accusation. Allegedly. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Yes. No, I mean, with with the athletes that they have at receiver and then Kelsey at tight end and him with that great of an arm. I mean, is is there anyone that we've ever seen be able to do the things he can do, throwing the football or moving out of the pocket and throwing the ball? I mean, it's just, I don't want to say it's unguardable, but it's pretty close. I mean, it's it's got to be the next closest thing right now. It's almost, Brett, Favre. It's almost Brett Favre, like early I, Brett Favre. But I think he might be better. I would say he, I would be willing to say he won his turnovers. Yeah, Brett Favre turnovers. Right, so it's like Brett Favre arm, Michael Vick legs. 
Tom Brady mental and intangibles. I would I would disagree. And his with hair him. like Palomalu. Yeah, but he just he Did you say Vic Legs? Vic legs, yeah. Vicks. No. No Vic legs. But have you seen him walk? His knees are kinda like like bent in. You see that? You ever see that or no? Mahomes' knees are bent. Mahomes in. walks like he's got an issue with his legs. But he that's no, all right. I mean he's, he's probably, probably have an issue with his legs. He yeah. didn't pop his kneecap out of place. Yeah, really yeah so that's probably why his knees no, are it's so been messed like up for right years. Now. It's been like that for years. Who needs but. an ACL? All right, I want to flip the script on you guys a little bit. So let's talk about that Niners offense versus that Chiefs defense. Who you got? I'm kind of torn on this. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I would say it's a toss up for me, but uh, you're going to say Niners? I like Jimmy G, and he could have that game where he ends up just throwing eight passes or eight attempts and has six completions for 80 yards and then has their running backs carry him, uh, carry him for, what, 250-plus rushing yards? Yeah, I think Shanahan would be fine with that. Yeah, I, Shanahan I, just doesn't want to blow another lead. I I don't think that that is going to be possible. I mean, to be honest with you, I think they're going to have to shut down the run, the Chiefs, if they want a chance or if they want a better chance. In the 2019 season, the Kansas City Chiefs gave up 123.9 yards per game on the ground. What did that rank in the NFL? 25th. Yeah. What teams were better? What teams uh, were practically worse? Practically all of them. <laughs> I don't know. I just, so this is, this is why I'm doing this, because Jimmy G, obviously he's legit, and, and that whole team is legit, but I, he's got to prove it to me. I mean, we see Mahomes. He's the MVP of the league. He scores however many points they want, pretty much. Jimmy G, if it's a high, if it's a high scoring game, is Jimmy G going to be able to keep up? I think that they're going to do what they had to do to eliminate the run and pretty much make him beat them. And that's what I'm waiting to see. I don't know if he can. So that's why I'm taking the Chiefs right now. We saw it with the 49ers versus Saints, like week 14. But I mean, Drew Brees at this point is not Mahomes. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Bottom line, my thought process is if, if we, if we're going strictly, you know, how many points they can score, I'm taking the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs, I think that's going to be the biggest factor is the fact that the Chiefs can score so, so much. So that Chiefs defense this season, just their past defense, they gave up 20, 227.8 yards per game. That ranked 14th in the league, so about middle of the pack there. Yeah. You know, Jimmy G doesn't have to be Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. He just has to be good enough. He just can't make but, any mistakes. But but the, repeatedly. But the, the counter argument to that is, is, he, is good enough going to get past the Kansas City Chiefs offense? Is he going to keep with him, you know what I mean? That's that that's where I'm going with that. But on the flip side, the 49ers had the number one ranked pass defense in the league this year. They gave up 173.8 yards per game. Good. All right, guys. So that's enough preview of the big game this weekend. I want to hear some picks. You want to pick yours first, Aaron? Um, I got. The, I think I'm going Chiefs by ten. I'm gonna go with 49ers, 49-42. Wow. <laughs> I got Niners in a close one. What's the score you got? 28-24. Been championships here, man. The Niners just uh, they're too good on that side of the ball. I got I got the Niners 21-16. You got Patrick Mahomes scoring 16 points. Yeah. No, he's scoring 49. It could be the run game. You never know. <laughs> yeah, right. It could be the run game. Oh, this is this is gonna be a good game. All right, now before we move on, we got uh we got Statman's hot take of the hot take of the game. What do you got for us? All right, guys, I got a special hot take for you just for the big game. All the hype right now is around 49ers running back Raheem Mostert. But my big hot take of the game is Matthew Breida of the 49ers is actually going to lead the team in rushing yards this week. And how many? What are you thinking? I'm going to say he's going to go over 150 and he's going to score at least two touchdowns. 
<laughs> you are fake news. Oh, you do the ant. There we go. There we go. That one. That's what I'm looking for. That's a lot of damage to that Chiefs defense. I'm saying I'm saying 85 to 90 yards at most. I, I don't I don't see I don't see him having that many rushing yards. Going crazy. I can see I can see him I can see him going for 90 yards and touchdowns. Where are we going now? Just the just the big sporting news of the week. Last couple of weeks. What do you got, Aaron? What's what's Connor the big McGregor news? McGregor is what I got. Did you watch that fight? Uh no, I missed all forty seconds of it. Oh man, he's he's coming back. It's usually about how long things. Tony lasts in bed, so it's not a surprise he <laughs> missed it. Now your father's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> he was probably he was probably <laughs> occupied for that forty seconds. No, um, I got distracted. That's big. That's big. The UFC is never going to be. I mean, it's never bigger than it is right now. I mean, we got Conor McGregor, you got Jorge, producer Matt. That's his guy. That's your guy. What do you think about that? I would take Masvidal versus McGregor, no question. That is a fight because he's been off for so long, and because that was only a forty-second fight. I would have, I would have agreed with you a hundred percent before going into that fight. And I didn't really, I didn't really. The only thing I saw from that fight from McGregor is that he is not rusty. So Cowboy's coming off before this last fight. He's been knocked out or TKO'd in his last two fights. He was knocked out pretty bad by Justin Gaethje. But he's no slouch still. He's still a top five in lightweight division, which is what Connor technically fights, even though they fought at welterweight in that. Came in and he dominated. He'd never been knocked out in 40 seconds ever. Cowboy, he's got the most fights in UFC so what, history. What can you say about Cowboy having to lose the weight to get down to 170 and Connor having to gain it? Is there an so, advantage in gaining it or an advantage in losing it? So this fight, they both normally fight at 155. This is actually what happened here. Connor doesn't think that the um, Habib versus Tony Ferguson fight, which is in April, is going to happen. They've they've tried fighting four times. This is their fifth time. Someone always drops out. Connor didn't want didn't want to have to cut weight to one fifty five, and then have to cut weight again because he doesn't think it's going to happen. So he's filling in if someone for some reason gets hurt or whatever. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But he's he's ready for it. So they didn't have to cut much weight. Connor Connor was eating breakfast on the day of the weigh in. He didn't have to cut any weight. I mean, he's about one seventy. Cowboy is about. He weighs about 180 before the fight, but that's an easy cut for him. He normally cuts to 155, so they both they both said they liked it and they were excited about the weight cut. Did McGregor used to fight like 145, or do I have that completely wrong? No, yeah, no, you're right. In the beginning of his career, he was a featherweight, which is 145, and then he so he got his championship over Jose Aldo at 145, and then um never fought there again. I mean, because he moved up and he was going to fight for the 155 pound championship, but then he got into the Diaz fight which was at 170, fought there twice, and then fought 155, and then got the belt from Eddie Alvarez, and then got beat by Habib, obviously. But no, so so my, my, my whole thing with the Masvidal thing, I don't think I've seen enough from McGregor. I don't know if he would be able to last. You know, I don't know how he'd be in the third, fourth, and fifth round, which is that's what obviously everyone's talking about. But if Connor is sharp, which he looked like he was sharp, if he's sharp, Masvidal starts relatively slow and Connor starts relatively fast so that's I'm, I'm a lot more skeptical on that fight than I was I think Ben Askren would like to deny that uh Masvidal starts slow yeah <laughs> five <laughs> seconds would say otherwise but I think it's I think that one's a little different but that's a good point no I mean that's that's exciting I mean the only thing is I don't think Dana White wants that because I don't think I think if he was to go in there and lose I don't think that that would be good for um Connor and Habib, the rematch is what he wants. And Masvidal is about ready to fight for a title himself, so it's kind of just up in the air right now. Yeah, Masvidal has said numerous times he just wants to fight for the most money. He's kind of hoping they both win a few more times, and then when they do fight, it'll be a much bigger pay-per-view. Well, Masvidal has no... And Dana White's came out and said he doesn't want Connor fighting this fight because 170 is too big for him. Masvidal has no doubt in his mind that he's going to beat Connor easy. 
and just be able to walk cakewalk into that next championship fight. I mean, yeah, exactly. He, he sees something like that going on. So, but Connor's never been knocked out. So I, I don't know. That'd be that'd be a crazy fight. Whether Connor fights Habib or Connor fights Masvidal, that'll be the biggest fight in UFC history, and that that might kind of flirt with the biggest fight in world history, including boxing. Speaking of fights, did you see did you see the Kansas State Kansas fight? I did not. Did you hear about it? Vaguely. I don't watch much college basketball, so. They were throwing chairs and or about to throw. It was bad. I mean, it was bench clearing. It so was, so it was like kind of WWE there. It was WWE-esque. I heard the reason they were so mad is because they're still not getting paid. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. All I want is uh, NCAA football and basketball to come back. Yeah, please. Really please. Do. No, that, that got ugly, though. That got pretty bad. What do you got? What do you say? Something about WWE? Uh, yeah. Um, their pay per view was this week. Who won the Royal Rumble? Uh, it was uh Drew McIntyre. All right, that ends our WWE coverage forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't blame you. All right, guys, to close out our podcast, we're just gonna do one quick random question. We're gonna answer off the top of our head. It can be whatever you want. So our question for this pod is gonna be: If you could trade live someone, who would it be? The Dalai Lama, Beyonce, Emma Stone. The possibilities are endless here. I would do Christian Yelich, baseball player, because he's not getting CTE. I mean, I'd like to be an athlete. He's going to get paid. Good looking guy, MVP. He seems like a pretty good wife. Honestly, I think I would trade lives with uh, Rob Gronkowski, tight end from the Patriots. He might have a little CTE in him. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. A lot. You know, his body probably hurts, but that's not totally different from my life right now, anyway. You know, he's got a big, big game party going on down in South Beach. That's really exciting. I really wish I was there. If uh, I could change any or my life with anybody else's, I'd probably go with the GOAT, Tom Brady, just because I feel like he has it all. I'm, he's just endorsed by Ashton Martin, Uggs. Who doesn't love Uggs? Yeah. Uh, PETA, PETA doesn't like Uggs. Yeah, and six rings, most of all. That's more than I can count to on most days. Um, if I had to switch, if I had to switch lives with anyone, it'd be Dan Bilzerian. You know who that is? Who the that is. fuck is that guy? You, no one here knows who that is? He, first of all, before you do that, Instagram famous. Yeah. He, he's notorious for winning, I don't, I don't want to say a false say, I think it's, I think it's $10 million in poker. And blowing up, and now the chicks love him. He lives, he lives, the, he lives Gronkowski's lifestyle, except for with hotter and more chicks. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Can we pull up a picture? That guy, can you confirm? Yeah, let, let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, because this guy seems like an L seven weenie. First of all, Dan Bilzerian would be the the prototypical guy that we would need on our podcast. I mean, he is the that is the peak of peaks if we can get him on our podcast. That's the peak of peaks. Okay, hold on. Let me show you some pictures real quick. I feel like we got some bona fide studs on this show right now. He's ripped. All the chicks love him. Look, check this out. Yeah, look up his net worth for me real quick. I'm showing you his Instagram. Forget his. Uh, isn't that isn't that the old punter for the Giants, <laughs> Steve not... Weatherford? <laughs> now that guy was jacked. What about this? Hey. Okay, okay, he lives a nice lifestyle. So, so nice. for those of you guys who don't know, Bill Zirian is a true. I don't know if he had money in the first place. What's his net worth? Let it say it is uh, 150 million. So he's already living large, like really large. But he got he got. Can I see a pic? He's ripped. He's kind of a goofy looking dude, but the chicks wow. love him. He seriously, you know that that could be gold digging at that point. Right? It, it is gold digging, but he he doesn't chase. He does not chase them at all. They chase him. I ain't saying she a gold digger, but so but she so, ain't messing with any. He gets rich off of he got rich off of poker and pretty much 
I think I think he still gets rich off for I I don't really know. <laughs> if I could switch with anyone, it would definitely be Dan because he's living the life that I will be living hopefully in, in two or three years. But that being said, two or three said, years. Five years. Five <laughs> five year plan. All right, so before we wrap up this podcast, we just wanna go back to the beginning of the show and just honor our basketball idol Kobe Bryant with an eight second moment of silence. All right, that's going to wrap up the end of this segment. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Um, I ask that you subscribe to our podcast, Not Your Father's Podcast, wherever you guys subscribe to your uh, podcast. Um, follow our Instagram page, Fratboy Entertainment, for all you know new info or whatever. Hopefully we're having some new content out coming up soon. Not going to say a date. Bye. Have a great time.